We're wine tasting and supper and bachelorables. Sip, sip, hooray! And thanks for listening. This is Sip Sip Hooray, and I'm Mary Babbitt. I'm Mary Orlin. We always have fun with wine, and we're so glad you joined us because we've got a great show for you today. We do. You know, one of my favorite things about this show, Mary, is the cool people we get to meet along the way. And particularly winemakers often have a really interesting backstory. And I just love the, how did you get to where you are today? You know, what led to all of this? And we have a real gem to share with you today. That's right. We met Mauricio Marchant. He is the winemaker at Summerwood Winery in Inn and Paso Robles. And I don't want to reveal too much, but let's just say we found out why his wines are so good. He likes to make them happy in a musical way. <laughs> and might I add, if you're looking for a fun little getaway, Summerwood is great because the inn is located right next to the winery and it's super charming. It's a lovely space. But uh, come along as we visit with Mauricio and learn all about his wine, his music and his loves. Summerwood, and there's a huge four-panel picture window looking into the tasting room so folks tasting wine can see everything that's happening. Yeah. Do you ever yeah. feel like they're watching you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, all the time. Um, it's like a fishbowl. Yes, it is. And I always tell people, you know, there's no secrets. Yeah. And I tell them everything I know uh, so they can compare with other places. Yeah. And that way they get better education, mm-hmm. better, uh, they get to know where, literally where wine comes from. This is our flagship Ron blend. It's called Diosa. And it's a blend of Syrah, Morvet, and Garnache in that order. Babbitt and I are here at Summerwood Winery and we are with winemaker Mauricio Marchant and we have had the privilege of him opening a beautiful red wine called Diosa. Uh, Mauricio, welcome to Sip Sip Hooray. You're yes, welcome. Cheers, Mauricio. You're welcome. welcome. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks for coming here. We all haven't been to Summerwood. Next time you're in Paso Robles, make it a point to come here. There's some beautiful gardens and you can sit out on the patio and overlook vineyards. It's just idyllic. And we got to walk around and the tasting room looks right into the cellar room and you can see them, them working on the wines. It's, it's just a beautiful spot. It's like a fishbowl. It's like a fishbowl. And if you're lucky, Mauricio might put on a show for you. <laughs> So tell us what we're drinking. Uh, So we're just drinking uh, our um, uh, flagship Ron blend, uh, which is called Diosa. Mm -hmm. And it's mainly Syrah, usually more than 70% Syrah. And then between 10 and 20% Merved and uh, the rest Garnache. It's a beautiful wine. Thanks. Layered and complex and fruity. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. What does Diosa mean? Diosa means goddess in Spanish. Like that. Mm-hmm. All right, so tell us, we want to get to know you, Mauricio. <laughs> so tell us your journey. You're originally from Chile. Oh. Uh, yes, I am originally from Chile. I studied um, agronomy in Chile. And in my first winery job, I met this guy, 
that was one of the winemakers at Concha y Toro. Oh, sure. And uh, he was in charge of a student exchange program between the United States and Chile. And so he saw me working and asked me if I wanted to come here. And I asked my grandma if he could, if I could borrow the money from her. And I said, yes. How old were you? I was 25. Yes. And uh, yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> I think that just a yeah. couple of years. Come on. And uh, so I was a little late applying for the jobs and so I got to go to Oregon so my first vintage my her- my first harvest in the United States was in the Willamette Valley in Oregon at Willamette Valley Vineyards oh sure yeah. and um, was it different for you coming from Chile not having worked in the American wine industry oh yeah I had no English whatsoever no, I you know yeah. uh, no long ago I re-meet with my cellar master that was at Willamette Valley Vineyards at the time. And he told me that if he didn't knew my face, uh, he was never going to recognize my voice because I never spoke, I never talked to anybody oh. over there. Because literally my English came up after uh, I met my girlfriend at the time. Uh, That's when you have to actually... It usually takes a woman to do something. Exactly. Like <laughs> so um, that was my first vintage. And then I went back to Chile. Uh, and then I went, I, I came back to uh, Napa Valley and I worked a harvest there in Napa. Was there a big difference between the way wines are made in Chile compared to the U.S.? Was that also a culture shock for you? Not only the language, but was the process different? Or, or And had you known the, about Chilean wine before? Did you come up as a novice? Uh, well, so the, the degree, the, the, the college degree, uh, allows you to know a lot about vineyards and uh, wine growing and wine making. Like, not the process per se, but the science. Would that, of it. Like, would that yeah. be like, you said agronomy, would that be like viticulture? It's agriculture engineering. Agriculture engineering. Yeah, okay. and, and, and you, you get to specialize over there in Chile. Uh, either you do fruit production or enology and viticulture or animal production or row crops okay so and so study. i yeah so I, the last two years it's like an engineering degree where you specialize specialize in mechanic in mechanical engineer or electrical engineer after the first three years which every single engineer goes through mm-hmm. uh, so i did the same thing and i picked fruit production not enology and viticulture uh, i actually didn't want to work in the wine industry because I thought that the the grapes were so anemic and and dirty. Oh, really? And so I worked for uh, fruit exporting companies for about three or four years, uh, exporting you know table grapes or any any fruit uh, to the United States and Europe. So what turned the tide for you? Uh, wine. I was a bad boy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no worries. I was a bad. I was. I was. I was a. You know. You. You. You got. You. You say. You say party animals. I was. A, I was kind of like a party animal. And so you got a taste of wine. Exactly. And so, so my my. I grew up with wine. My grandfather always gave me a little bit of wine with lunch and, and dinner every weekend. You know, um, my dad drank a lot of beer, so I got a taste of beer since I was little. They never, in Chile, it's like in Italy, you know, they never say no to the kids. They, it, you grow up, you grow up with, with, uh, uh, 
alcohol around you. Yep. So uh, th- that's what happened. And then, exactly. So what happened to me is like I was waiting for my job to start in, at Dole, which is a, a, yeah, a fruit packing fruit, mm-hmm. fruit packing company, oh, yeah. and Chile. And uh, this friend of mine called me and, t- and told me that they need somebody at Conchitoro uh, for harvest. And I'm like, you know what? I can work for two weeks, make some money, and then quit, and then go to my the job that I want. And that's when it hit me. I it, literally, you, this is there's nothing romantic about this. I, I gotta tell you, um, I discovered that you can work and drink. And have fun at the same time. <laughs> and and the, I know, I know. I don't want anybody to know. I know. And and it's that simple. That's such a guy in his twenties <clears throat> yeah. starting a decision, isn't it? <laughs> uh, exactly. No, at all. You know. Uh, my grandfather was proud because I was bringing him wine that I helped make. You know, it was it, it was perfect for me. And coming to the U.S. Did you fall in love with the United States or was it? It was a woman. Oh. <laughs> yeah. what? I, I yes. fall in love with a woman from the United States. Uh, and then I fall in love with how beautiful the country is and the people mm-hmm. and and the wine, the wine regions. Sure. You know, uh, Napa is a beautiful place. Paso Robles is a beautiful place. Yeah. How did you end up in Paso? We were in Napa uh, working at different wineries for four years and then my wife actually got a phone call for a startup and so they wanted her to make the wine and build the winery and build the brand and so that was for her being an assistant winemaker in Napa to become a winemaker and do all that it's like a dream come true so it was it was impossible to say no so 14 years ago we moved to Paso from Napa and the rest is history, okay. yeah. It's yeah. a great place. It's, it is. Uh, I think yeah. um, maybe more approachable sometimes than the Napa wine scene. I think it's... Uh, Still, yes. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, we move here because of the challenge. Mm-hmm. But we also move here because that same year, there was an article from Robert Parker Jr. that said that Paso Robles was going to be the next Napa Valley. So we were like, let's start something fun and something yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go. Let's let's take the challenge. Yeah. So we move here and I keep telling people, uh, it's going to be like Napa. Mm-hmm. Maybe not now, maybe not in 20 years, but it's progress. And progress, you can't stop progress. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you say it's going to be like Napa, is that in terms of the quality of wine? The quality of wine is already here. Yes. When we came here the first time, uh, we noticed that the quality of the wine needed to be improved. And that was our part. That's the part that we play. Uh, not just me and my wife. She went to UC Davis. Uh, she has a master's degree in, in enology and culture. And, but we also draw some friends that used to be in Napa. Like the winemaker, the new winemaker at Justin Winery now came from... Napa Valley, mm-hmm. and we used to hang out with him when mm-hmm. we were mm-hmm. there. Uh, so, so literally, they called us and they say, "How's Paso?" And we were like, "Come over here, get on down here." Yeah, <laughs> and they did. Yeah. You know, so that's the kind of yeah. things that is being happening. Also, you know, important to say is that Cal Poly has stepped it up big time. Well, yes, their viticulture program. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, and that's yeah, very important. And it's very, very important. Right. And yeah. for listeners who don't know where Cal Poly is, it's in San Luis Obispo, just 
south of here. 25 miles yeah, south. Yeah, and so that's for kids going into uh, winemaking or any part of the wine industry. They have a tremendous program. Yeah. For people who don't know the Paso wine scene, what are some of the varietals that Paso does really well? You know, this region is kind of young. Uh, we've been here for a while, but um, bigger wineries planted Cabernet Sauvignon and Chardonnay a long time ago. So Cabernet Sauvignon and Chardonnay are still the two main varieties planted in Paso Robles. That said, about, I want to say 20, 30 years ago, uh, when Tablas Creek mm-hmm. decided to open their doors and brought all that plant material from France to the United States and planted, they were the first one that planted Viognier and, and Sarai and all that. Tablas Creek got cuttings from the Rhone Valley. Exactly. And they brought them. So we're t- talking about Rhone varietals, Syrah, Grenache, Viognier, Marsan, Roussan, Grenache Blanc. Blanc. What is it about winemaking in Paso that you like? I love the fact that it's so different. The fact, for just to give you a very interesting fact, uh, Tablas Creek, which is one of the wineries closer to the ocean, uh, is seven miles from Summerwood, uh, west of Summerwood. Okay. And they get double the amount of rain that we get here at Summerwood. And then Summerwood gets, gets double, and this is every year, Summerwood gets double the amount of rain than downtown Paso gets. Double. And downtown Paso wow. gets double the amount of rain that they get in Creston. Wow. And this is, I'm talking about 20, 20 miles, maybe, maybe. Exactly. I mean, it's crazy how crazy there's different. so many different microclimates exactly. within a short radius. That's why when they divide it, when they scientifically divide the Pasporos AVA mm-hmm. into 11 uh, different subappellations, mm-hmm. I was surprised because it's 11. I thought it would be three or four. Remember years ago, we just we were just saying West Side Paso, East Side exactly. Paso. Yeah. And but now we, we have 11 different. Uh-huh. I remember when we were filming the TV show down in Paso, it was just East Side and the West Side. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was the big Paso Robles. It's the biggest ADA. in the country. Huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it has come a long way, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, which um, area are you guys in? <laughs> uh, we are in the Templeton Gap right here. Templeton Gap. And yeah. that's known for what? You know, it's it's almost it's almost the same, <laughs> except for the soils are a little, are a little mm-hmm. different and the rain amount, you know. Uh, it's more hilly on the other appellations and the Templeton Gap. Templeton Gap, because it's a gap, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the flatter, the flatter area of, of the entire uh, west side of Paso, if you want to call it that way. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell me, tell us what you love about Summerwood. So what are some of the things that, uh, some of the favorite wines you guys are making? So um, at Summerwood, we make a little bit of everything. Uh, and it's a, it's a brand that has been here for 19 years now. And um, we and we just planted a 21-acre vineyard that is all white Rhone varieties. So we got Garnache Blanc, Viognier Marsan, and Roussan in that vineyard. That's exciting. And so um, I would like to say that we should be known as one of the wineries where you can find some really good white wines mm-hmm. in the in the near future. Yeah. Uh, which is, there's not a lot of that around here. I was going to say, yeah. you know, it's mostly red wine. And most, yeah. Mostly red wine, Big and Symphondel, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. Syrah, Garnache, and Merved are taking over. But I like that because I love white wines. Exactly. And I, yeah. I think, you know, 
most people don't realize there's such a range of white wine beyond Chardonnay. Yeah. And Pinot yeah. Grigio, yeah. some Blanc. Yeah. Um, so those are the wines that I'm excited about, the whites. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, uh, the, the Syrah blends are my favorite. Oh. Um, that said, you know, Cabernet is a little different than the Napa Cabernet, but it's as big and as voluptuous and uh, as com- uh, complex as any Napa Valley Cabernet that you can find out there. But the white ones, for me, for some of it, are exciting. That speaks to you. Yeah. So people can come here and have a real wine country experience. They can you know, sit outside, look at the vineyards. They can also stay overnight. Yes. yes. Beautiful inn across the street from the winery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, it came with the property, you know. Uh, they renovated it about six years ago. Uh, they completely redid it. Beautiful. And it's completely open floor plan. The kitchen is right there. You can you sit right, literally almost right next to the chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, every morning they make you a uh, uh, breakfast uh from, from scratch, uh, I've seen people, you know, getting up and asking, you know, what the Hollandaise recipe is to the chef, and he explained to them how to make it and all that. You know, it's 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 really it's it, it, the idea is to make you feel like you are home, but also they will treat you like a king. You know, well, that's the idea. Yeah, it is. It is. It is actually to me one of the best spots in in Paso. Great, and I think that's what people want when they come to wine country when they're looking for a weekend experience or a getaway. Yeah, they want to feel special. And also, it's far away from from downtown. Not mm-hmm. far. Yeah. Enough to be like, oh, I want to be close to mm-hmm. downtown. It's only one exit yeah. on the one one far, uh, and so, but it's. It's out there. It's, there's a vineyard right next to it. You know, uh, there's wineries everywhere around it. Again, the breakfast is, to me, the best feature of the place. <laughs> uh, maybe because I love food. <laughs> and um, there's a wine included in, in the room, mm-hmm. a bottle of wine. And I go there almost every day in the morning and talk to everybody that I, I can oh, talk nice. to. Oh, I cool. usually tell them, you know, if they need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, recommendations, oh, I give them nice recommendations. Time. You could actually meet the winemaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, education is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's crucial. You know, not only in the tasting room, but like um, if if I can take you or any guest to the vineyard and tell you what we're doing at that point in to the in the vineyard, to me is is value added, but also it's good for the wine industry in general because that person will go somewhere else and we already know a little bit more about it mm-hmm. and it will demand better quality wines. And and going back in time, that's why we're here exactly. with with my wife. Because we wanted a challenge and we wanted to improve something that was already great. Uh, and that's what we're here for. We're, we're trying to improve it and to, to, uh, to, to make it better for everybody, you know, and learn at the same time. So, Maurizio, if you play along, one of the things we like to do on Sip Sip Hooray is ask a series of uh, quick questions and you can just answer whatever's off the top of your head. So, for instance, um, what do you do when you're not making wine? When you're not working, what's your favorite thing to do? Oh, easy. I have a 13-year-old boy. And he's really good at soccer. And maybe it's because I'm his dad, but he is good at soccer. <laughs> uh, uh, he, you know how when you when you're like a little baby, a little young kid, and and, and your parents ask you, "What do you want to be when you're when you grow up?" And you, you, I said, you know, I want to be an astronaut. You know, 
my kid actually said, I want to be a soccer player. Aww. So that's a weird one, you know, because yeah. it's, 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 you think it's very approachable and really easy to do, but it's not. Uh, so that's what I do. Uh, we are, me and my wife, we're encouraging the kid uh, and bringing him to practices. And he's, he plays soccer year-round for a club team. And uh, he wants to go to UCLA, whatever, you know, because that's where, you know, the soccer teams from the MLS are drawing most of their players all the time. And so that's what so we're working into. Dad. Yeah, I'm a I've soccer dad. i hockey moms. You're a soccer I'm dad. I'm a soccer dad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did, what did soccer dad like to listen to music-wise? Music? Oh, I love, I like all kinds of music. But the 70s are, are, you know... I'm with you. Yeah, like I told you before, I was a bad boy. And in South America, uh, classic rock is related to having fun. You know, Led Zeppelin, yes. Deep Purple, Pink Floyd, you know. Uh, yeah, that kind of music. I love The Doors, you know. Yeah. Uh, my son... Uh, yeah, you know he, he, he oh he he likes rap and I play you know we're bilingual so I play him uh, with this capability that the phones have now with this apps that can play whatever music you want I, I so I play him music in Spanish and he's like what is that come on that <laughs> you know and so and he plays his rap and I'm like oh my god yeah. but you know that's music I I encourage him to listen to it because music does make your life better. And uh, wine-wise, I I hate to say this, but I do talk to my barrels. I sing to the wine. Oh, uh, yeah, we should have. Oh, I house. I play I play music loud in the cellar. Mm-hmm. I have a, a stereo system in the cellar that is literally in the in the in the barrel room and the uh, in the in the fermentation room, and the volume is always high. Because the wine. Because I, that way. yeah, and because I like it that way. Um, <laughs> so you and the wines are both happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some wineries they play classic, classic. classical music. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I just play, you know, <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything, you know, uh, from all the way from Led Zeppelin to uh-huh. Sublime, mm-hmm. and you know, all that, all, all, all music that makes you feel happy and that actually give you some energy because that's important during harvest you You know you're all tired and working long hours and so you need some stuff you know red hot chili peppers like oh yes let's keep working you know that kind of music i like i love it well i think that's the perfect note to end our interview with oh cool thank you so much for joining us we have loved interviewing you thank you guys cheers cheers And that's going to do it for our show today. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Absolutely. Um, If you really like what we're doing, please share it with your friends and family. And to be sure that you don't miss another one of our super fun episodes, go to our website, sipsipparaypodcast.com, and subscribe to the podcast. That way, you'll automatically know when we drop an episode. Absolutely. Get on board. Follow us on the gram and Facebook, and be sure to tag us at Podcast. And that way, we can stay in touch with you. Thanks for coming along, and we'll see you again next time. Sip, sip, hooray! hooray.